Vsauce, Kevin here. Welcome to the Create Unknown. With me is my co-host, Matthew Tabor. Matt, please tell me something. Okay. Well, it's 1876, and uh, on a small, small patch of ground in Kentucky, meat starts falling from the sky. It was called the Kentucky Meat Shower. Uh, so here's my question. You're there, Kevin. Meat starts falling around you. Do you eat this meat? Do I eat sky meat? Yeah, sky meat falls, it hits the ground. Do you taste this? Unless I caught it, maybe, because <laughs> then it's ground meat, you know? <laughs> like it fell from the sky onto the ground and um, now it's dirty ground meat. And I'm definitely not eating that. Yeah, so that's the weird, the, well, the weird thing about, about the Kentucky meat shower. The whole thing is bizarre, but Scientific American reported that the people who saw this originally thought it was beef. And then it says, two gentlemen who tasted it judged it to be mutton or venison. And I'm like, somebody tasted this? Meat falls from the sky? And, and somebody's like, well, we should definitely cook and eat this just to make sure we know what it is. Well, I mean, if you have 100 people around sky meat, you know, two guys are going to try it. <laughs> those, are <laughs> just, right. just, those are the That's odds. Right. There's always, always going to be somebody who, who eats the weird thing. Well, I, I guess they have a specimen of meat that's like preserved in a bottle. Yeah, no, it says Transylvania University, uh, where, where there's a specimen from the Kentucky meat shower. So at some point, you know, maybe you could, maybe you could do an episode where you cook and eat uh, 140 some year old sky meat <laughs> guaranteed to be on YouTube trending. Well, <laughs> speaking of strange and wonderful things, we spoke with Dr. Grande and Dolan Dark, the co meme force Lord generals. There was an election and uh, the two of them tied. I think it was at what? 42%. So they are both the highest ranking members of the meme force. And these are two guys who I just find hilarious. Dr. Grande is newer onto the scene. I've only known him for, for less than a year now. Dolan Dark has been around for quite a while. Actually, one of the surprising things to me about speaking with Dolan Dark was how long he's been doing this. I mean, he's been on YouTube forever, much, much longer than I imagined. Yeah, no, he has a, he's had a long grind as a, as a creative, and it's, it's awesome to see that pay off. And it's so cool to talk to both of these guys who, you know, they have the same end result in, in terms of appeal. Like they're making people laugh. They're, they're just doing amazing stuff. And they seem to get there in two very different ways and have different mindsets. And when we get them talking together, the way they play off each other, you can, you can tell that they both have very different but exceptional understandings of, of what people love. So we spoke with each of them individually, and then we brought them together to speak together for the first time ever. I mean, they said that they have, you know, obviously had conversations back and forth over Twitter and DM and that sort of thing. But but this podcast is the first time that they have heard each other's voices back and forth, which is remarkable. <laughs> they, you know, when they said that they they had a really quick call together right before uh, they right before they talked to us so that it, it wasn't the very first time they were hearing each other's voices. I kind of wish that we'd like bugged that call so we could, <laughs> we could <have laughs> the, the very first exchange because just imagining them you know, like saying hello and then what? Uh, that, that conversation would then be stored in a jar next to the sky meat <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever so that our ancient, ancient descendants can, can enjoy Dr. Grande and Dolan Dark's voices with a, a healthy helping of ancient sky meat. Okay, so you are about to hear 
the delicious sounds of Dr. Grande and Dolan Dark for the very first time together. Because you are about to enter the Create Unknown. Chapter one, Dolan Dark. So this whole meme thing, you know, memes have been around obviously for a really long time. Yeah. But I feel like something new has really started happening in maybe the last year or so where memers (laughs) are a thing now. And you're one of them. I mean, you have a persona that you've developed as someone who can be consistently relied upon to create great memes. So (laughs) what has been that? journey for you and like how did you get here where did you start what what was how does one become a meme lord? <laughs> how does become a, yeah how do you yeah. become a meme lord did you start as a meme squire <laughs> <laughs> yeah you start as a peasant and work your way out <laughs> i've actually been doing it well not youtube itself but i've probably been making memes since like maybe like 2009 or so so it's I'll just <laughs> hopefully don't bore you. <laughs> Basically, I I used to go on a bunch of like Facebook pages way back when I was still in high school and stuff. You know, like just funny images and back when, you know, the troll face and that was around. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So that was like what we first got me like kind of interested, which now now it's like one of the worst memes ever. But, you know, <laughs> humble <laughs> beginnings. Um, So I saw all these images. I was like, hang on, like all these Facebook pages, like I could probably make some myself. So, like, I, I made, I do not remember what it was about, but I just made a random picture and one of these big pages pretty much reposted it and credited me. And I was like, okay, that actually got, like, a lot of likes. I could probably make my own page. I, I had a Facebook page for a few years where i just make my own memes and post other people's memes and credit them and stuff. And then uh, did you ever hear about the montage parodies and stuff? No, uh, explain that. No, like MLG stuff. It's like air horns and um. Oh, what the Snoop Dogg gif where he's like pretending to drive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. The weed, the weed one. So they they started to be this big come up of like parodies of um video game montages, which is like videos, and it was just you know they'd take Shrek and they'd put like uh, a a weed a friggin' weed um blunt in his mouth and stuff and you know just really basic stuff that was just funny because it was so out of you know out of the ordinary so i um i made a video or i learned how to make a video on sony vegas and i put it up after like working on it for an hour because that's how long it took to make stuff back in the day (laughs) no effort required um i posted it to um a reddit and it blew up overnight and i got like a thousand subscribers just like out of nowhere just overnight uh, on that one video got you a thousand pretty much i think i think it was a thousand or was it was pretty close to a thousand i was like oh wow like that's crazy because i i i used to make um call of duty videos back in the day you know way back when i was younger like 13 and stuff and i never got anywhere on youtube i was doing that for like two years so to get like to get what i was working for for two years in a night was crazy um, and then it just kind of, you just kept going, right? You just kept seizing an opportunity to basically be funny. Yeah. Um, the montage parody genre was popular for like a year. So obviously you have to like adapt to, you know, the current, 
the current popular memes and stuff. So at the, at the time, the um the trend was like um dying, and I had I was at university, didn't have much time. So um I think I got to like forty thousand subscribers where my channel just kind of stopped growing at all. Like it was just dead in the water, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm I guess I'm never getting to um a hundred thousand. And then I honestly do not remember what happened, but I just kind of I I made a few different videos but still related to memes and they you know they got views and then it just kind of kept going i was like okay <laughs> yeah and then here we are <laughs> and, and what were you going to school for what were you going to university for oh i i went to university for i originally uh i originally went for earth science because it was like because i did all this i did chemistry and physics in high school i was like you know i, I should probably follow science related stuff but i don't know if I, it was like you get quite forced into it. You know, you finish high school and they're like, okay, by the way, choose what you want your career to be in like a month. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I originally went there for earth science, did a year of that. I was like, okay, I'm not really a hippie. You know, I don't want to study rocks sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I switched to computer science because I knew there was a um, a career in that. You know, you could get a degree and get out and get a job in that. <clears throat> and but whilst I was doing that, I think my first year of computer science is actually when I started making the videos on YouTube. But anyway, so I finished my degree three years later, barely, because I just did not like it at all by the end of it. And then I have a computer science degree and I'm making memes for a living. <laughs> hey, well, you know, you were successful at it, so it makes sense that you would keep doing that. Did you end up getting a job in computer science or did you just go? No, so I um, graduated because I still had the YouTube thing going in the background, right? But it was only like I put a video up once every month or two. You know, there was no there was no financial substance to it, you know, just a because I was obviously sick of computer science. I was like, I'm going to take a gap year and I'm going to try and try and make YouTube a sustainable source of income, you know, like, because I had all this free time too. I, I knew I could um, put a lot of work into it. I just, that for that year, I just um, started my second channel and just kept posting stuff like every few days. Um, and then, it, yeah, it just kept, it just kept growing. It was crazy. So you went, uh, you went darker like for that commercial viability, right? Like you, that's when you made that channel when that was a, um, like a concerted effort to make a, a, a living out of it. I always had it. No, I always, I never like, I never tried to make that my bigger channel, but I had like, I had this mindset where everything on the main channel should be like a project. I've worked at least like 40 hours or 20, 20 to 40 hours on or something, you know, something big. Um, and then the the second channel was um, you know something I could just put literally anything up on mm -hmm. shit posts as as you will as they call them. Mm -hmm. So then that those started getting the views, and then my main channel just kept growing in the background. It was just I don't know. It's just it just worked out somehow. You know the smart thing to do would have been to combine it all into one channel. You know because you know I've got I've got two split fan bases essentially when. If you added it all together, I'd have a lot more total subscribers. But I mean, it works, so you know, can't can't really fault it. <laughs> so you've got you've got Dolan Dark, you've got Go uh, Dolan Darker, and then you have yep. Dolan Darkest, don't you? Oh, that that's like a next level of shit posts. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
So, so, so detail the, the differences between, so, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, hot wings where you have hot, hotter than like Inferno, but so, <laughs> yeah. so explain yeah. the, the differences between the, the three channels and how you think of them. Okay. So, um, Dolan Darkest is what Dolan Darker essentially started out to be, you know, stuff that I have no pride in, you know, I just put it up. I don't care. I just found it funny. You know, I don't care what people think of what I put on that channel is essentially. So um, <clears throat> Dolan Dark is, although I've barely uploaded on that, at the moment it's literally just compilations of my memes from the second channel, which is poor, which is poor effort from me. And it was, it was meant to be like I would upload a big project one month, meme compilation next month, big project next month, you know, so on, so on. But I just like, I don't know, I just haven't had – the inspiration or the idea is to just sit down and do a huge project sort of thing. So at the moment, the main channel is literally just compilations of what's on the second channel, but they do a lot of views, which is crazy. So it, you know, can't fault it. So you got out of school, you had an opportunity to give it a shot, right? Cause you said you had all the free time. Yeah, exactly. And I assume while well, you had the degree too, you, if it doesn't work, you can just get a normal job, huh? Yeah, it was a plan. You know, it was a, it's a good plan B to have. Even now, if everything falls apart, because you know how unstable YouTube can be, yep. um, I at least have that plan B, even though I would, wouldn't want to go to it. You know, it's still there. <laughs> yeah, and I'd love to talk about how unstable, you know, YouTube is, especially for you, because what you're doing is is really kind of remixing other content from YouTube and from the internet and I'd love to hear how monetization affects you or demonetization because, I mean, I know that's a big, you know, problem for, well, a lot of people and especially I would think for your channels. I guess, you know, the adpocalypse, I can't remember when that, when that was. I think that happened pretty much the year that I started trying to make it a big thing. So it was really bad timing on that regard, like. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. Oh, by the way, every video you upload is demonetized. You know, <laughs> good luck. Um, so that was that was pretty tough. It, it was literally I would be uploading, and maybe one in ten videos would get monetized. It was just poor. Um, but at the moment, um, I don't, I haven't had many problems at all with um, demonetization. It's usually just record labels claiming audio clips that I've used and stuff. Because obviously what I create is like a fair use gray area. You know, some videos I'll make will be definitely fair use. Like I've edited the shit out of a video. It's, you know, it's it's beyond what it used to be. But then some videos will just be, you know, one a movie scene and I'll just cut it together with another scene for comedic effect, which, you know... Probably wouldn't hold up in court if I was ever to <laughs> go that way. And and how do you think about so when I think about memes and like where we're where we are today with comedy? Yeah, <laughs> you know when when I grew up, com a bad place, yeah, a bad, a bad, <laughs> the best place, the best place. I think <laughs> the best, best place, place is a bad place yeah. because it seems it seems so unrestrained from the comedy that Matt and I grew up with, which was on television yeah. or in movies. And that was it. Like, those were the only places. I mean, yeah. you could go, obviously, to a club, I guess, and, and watch stand-up. But if you're too young for that, if you're if you're 13, you know, you're not going to Caroline's. Especially if you live in, you know, New Zealand or uh, Iowa. And there aren't even comedy clubs. So 
memes really have opened up this completely unfettered style of comedy i mean i mean you laugh yeah. as if it's and it is maybe a little silly to to overthink this but i think but it was, that it's worth overthinking yeah like if we think back to the 90s like kevin and i both liked mr show with david cross and bob odenkirk right and that that was maybe 96 give or take right but at that time there was nothing like it that was Really was it available like on surrealist, TV. absurdist humor? Or? Yeah, very surreal, very absurd, uh, very satirical. Okay. Like Eric Andre, modern day um, Eric Andre? Probably, well, yeah, maybe the, you could consider it the precursor to that. And of. it was on HBO, yeah. so it was yeah. uncensored, which was a big deal at <laughs> okay. the time. But other than that, it was like sitcoms. Sitcoms. That's Frasier. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Cookie cutter stuff. And like the wackiest stuff was Saturday Night Saturday Night Live, which I think... That, <laughs> that totally pushed the envelope. That was pushing the envelope then, and I think probably Jeez. today kids think of SNL as it totally lame. a lot of envelopes now, <laughs> Jeez. It doesn't seem like a big deal uh, until like you, you look back and, and see that path that went from this extremely safe thing you know, it's sort of like like uh, rock songs in the 50s, you know, like a song about going to a sock hop and like, you know, sharing a, a milkshake with <laughs> your best girl, you know, and then you hit the 70s in the, you know, Jim Morrison yeah. is singing about, you know, doing God knows what with like seven needles in his arm. You know, it's <laughs> so, that sort of shift. So you're Jim Morrison, basically. Yeah, is yeah, what we're that's saying. you. Comparing memes to heroin. That's a, that's a good. It's a good. It's a good. Good comparison. <laughs> and and how did how did um, Vsauce get folded into your meme work? Was was it oh, right. like yeah. like what were the origins of that? Because obviously, like Michael is a main player in in your memes. <laughs> yeah, he's a prominent feature. <laughs> um. I, I honestly, because I think he, people would like, there'd be the occasional, you know, picture or image or video making, well, not making fun, but, you know, taking something from Vsauce because he's, he was one of the most, well, he still is one of the most well-known YouTubers, you know, mm. like any audience, you know, will know him. So I think I just like, I'd always had this, you know, I'd always enjoyed the videos. Like I'd seen all of them and I was like, I wonder what would happen if I used him as a punchline, you know, just the Hey Vsauce, you know, and I honestly thought it wouldn't do too well. I was like, do people know who he is? Is this too, like, is he too silent? scientific you know because my fan base wasn't exactly you know the, the smartest people back then I didn't <laughs> <laughs> to, to say it nicely don't hurt me they were um, they were general interest subscribers I think that's yeah, the nice it was way like, to put it. I mean because because I came from the the montage parody thing you know people subscribe to me for like Shrek with glasses on you know there's not too much <laughs> substance there so I think the first video I can recall was um um I think it was a SpongeBob episode when, I don't know, did you guys ever watch SpongeBob? Is it too ahead of you or did you still get to see some of that when you were younger or? A, a little bit. We were, we were a little old for SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah we, we were like more like the Spongebob Ren and Stimpy like generation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm like the middle between that because I remember Ren and Stimpy was on TV when I was younger. Anyway, what was I saying? Um, so basically they unmask, one of, they unmask Patrick or something, you know, mm -hmm. the starfish dude. And underneath is like a gorilla in the original episode. So I was just like, you know, a meme is usually about replacing something in an existing format. I was like, well, what if I put, hey, Vsauce Michael in there? <laughs> here, in there? And then 
I put it out and it had like really good reception. I, I'm pretty sure it, at the time it had like maybe like 2,000 likes to like one dislike. <laughs> so, you know, there was pretty, wow. much, pretty much like an overwhelming like acceptance <laughs> of Michael. You know, like all praise yeah, Michael. Yeah, that indicates that people um, enjoy the content. Yeah, that's an incredible I ratio. I think a 2,000 to one ratio. Oh, the ratios were a lot better when I first started out because <laughs> then you get, you know, you get more and more people from different different backgrounds and all that so but yeah i just it did really well and i i liked it and then i just kind of i just kind of ran with it you know if i if i was struggling for ideas i'd be like hey what if i throw a resource in there for the 50th time (laughs) (laughs) so there are also a lot of michael memes um that take something out of context and make it incredibly uh, offensive (laughs) that i've seen the image memes memes. were those Okay, I never, I never, I never partook in those ones. <laughs> Were those happening before your video memes, or or did those start happening afterwards? I definitely know that, like, I wouldn't want to sound cocky, but I definitely made him into like what the meme he is today. Not him himself, you know, just the meme popularity meme wise. So nobody was really, nobody was really using him as uh, as a subject before you started. No, yeah, I I think there might have been some, you know, image memes scattered around because you know they're like so terribly <laughs> offensive that they can be funny, but because it's so yeah. Anyway, basically, if one like prominent creator, not that I was big then, you know, if one person makes a meme about somebody or something, they have the power to literally make them a meme it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing to talk about but like like pewdiepie and um john tron and stuff have made so many people you know they 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 make fun or make parody a video and then people catch on and it becomes its own monster really <laughs> this is like this is like that alec baldwin speech i forget the movie where he's a doctor and he's on the like witness stand and he's like i am god <laughs> this is that, that same sort of moment where you you confess that you you make well and is and that like something that you consider um to be a burden at all like is there a lot of responsibility on your shoulders to have to consider like if i make this oh, person a meme it's going to bring like a lot of okay. weird attention to them that they otherwise wouldn't um, have received i don't know because obviously at the time i didn't really have any idea that i would make i would make or help make him a popular meme subject. Um, I guess nowadays, I feel like I just avoid using anything as a punchline, which could be like mm. actually damaging to you know whatever I use as a punchline. But like I was, I, I used to make edgy memes back when I was fifteen and stuff. But like that was before YouTube, <laughs> you know the the classic bad bad edgy memes. <laughs> yeah, don't need to don't need to name them. <laughs> but yeah, face reveal a face reveal on a, a cartoon starfish is this is not malicious like this is not going to go badly yeah exactly there was never any malicious intent yeah when i used michael i think you'd get i'd get the very occasional comments saying like why are you making fun of michael his videos are actually good i'm just like yeah i know (laughs) like the whole you know the whole joke was like what what the hell is he doing in a meme you know and then it kind of I don't know yeah it seems like a like a parody is the highest form of flattery kind of situation like you wouldn't make fun of someone that you didn't have respect for. Yeah, to an extent. Of course, yeah, there's true. people like Jake Paul and all that that you know fear game. <laughs> you know, there's no res- <laughs> so there's that, no respect so- for them there. But <laughs> right, so that ends up being kind of swung in the other direction, where it's yeah. so clear that this person is 
not someone that you hold in high regard. Yeah. That everyone <laughs> understands. No, I, yeah, normally if I do a video on someone like that, people on the internet are already aware that this person's a dickhead, you know. And <laughs> just an exa- just to try and make an example, you know the the SpongeBob footage I used with Michael. I'm not going to put Jake Paul in there. Like there's no comedy there, you know. The the whole thing with make the the malicious intended memes are usually, you know, making fun of them, like obviously making fun of them sort of thing if that makes sense. <laughs> But but he has a huge huge following. The Jake Paulers and do they ever come after you for making fun of him? Okay, because um, I guess he hasn't really been too big lately. It's mostly Logan. If you follow all that, eh? Logan and KSI. No, I definitely mm. I definitely when I made some videos about Jake Paul, what what did I do? He did a live performance of that Everyday Bro song, and I as as I as I do, I changed it to a Minecraft parody. You know, <laughs> you've probably seen some of my videos, like some eight year old singing a Minecraft song. That I make it look like he's singing it. I got a lot of a lot of comments about that one, but then it's 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 great because. I could take the comments that I got and make another meme about it. <laughs> like <laughs> if that makes sense. Like I I made a I made a comment about Jake Paul on someone else's video. Um and then I got like literally a thousand replies of probably, you know, kids that aren't over the age of ten just insulting me to the best of their knowledge, which you know is pretty poor, but <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to take the, some of the comments I got and turn that itself into a video. And it was like, I don't know, you could like capitalize on the hate you receive. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say there's no real damage done to you. It it's, seems like it would be hard for something like that to happen because you've got, you know, you've got a, a persona with this. It seems like it's easier to deal with any of that mass nine-year-old hate uh, like it would just kind of bounce off without oh, especially you really paying any price, right? Yeah. Cause especially like you said, cause it's a persona, like I don't have my face out there. So there's no, like that can't hurt my self-esteem because one, <laughs> they don't know what I look like. And two, they're eight years old. What are they going to do? You know, like... <laughs> but if they band together, uh, oh, you know, I'd say like if a hundred eight year olds come after you, you're in trouble. Like if they come out at you all at once. They would overwhelm you. Yeah, for sure. you couldn't fight that. No, a hundred is a lot. Yeah, a hundred is. Yeah, you'd get tired at like the thirtieth one. I'm just imagining like Power Rangers. They just all combine into one big eight-year-old. <laughs> Take me on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't had too much hate lately. Like it's still like I'm sure you probably you're probably critical of your own videos and stuff. You know, you'll get like <clears throat> you'll get say like a hundred or a thousand nice comments, but you'll get that one. One comment that'll just be like just sticking out at you. It's just like I don't know. Some like you, you can get the occasional comment that like can get you down, but it's never like too bad. I don't know if you can relate to that. <clears throat> oh, I, I I can totally relate to that. I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, you get a thousand comments, nine hundred ninety nine are you know this is the best thing ever, and that one was you know you are an idiot piece of garbage, and that's that's the one that you think about all yeah, well, night. They try and they try and like hyperanalyze your content and stuff and you're just like oh god is that an example of something that bothers you because that interests me like what would be a negative comment uh that like this isn't funny this is hack this is cliche you stole content you know what is an example it's hard i've definitely like 
stopped caring as time goes on, you know, you kind of just get thick skin. Not that like you should even get offended by people insulting your, your editing and stuff, but um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like some, I, I remember one person, like it's usually on a video that isn't getting received very well. And then on top of that, someone will take the time out to like put a big paragraph about why you suck or something. And you're just like, Jesus, like what is your <laughs> problem, man? It's a freaking Vsauce meme. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no deeper meaning to it. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's supposed to be fun, frivolous, uh, mindlessly entertaining yeah. content. And here you are mm-hmm. hyper analyzing it in a negative light that's that says a lot more about that person i think than you yeah oh definitely i i had once uh i had one saved a screenshot a while ago but you know they just they try and like they take uh, it's quite common on a lot of people that make memes like me is they're like take what you made say why it's bad say why you are bad and then say why your life is bad and it's just like dude you wrote a paragraph about a guy who makes memes what's your life like <laughs> like come on dude <laughs> so like you yeah. make these things one after another where uh, it's designed to be yeah. to be funny to a massive massive group of people right yeah, has anybody hope, you know. contacted you uh, like does it happen where maybe a company will come to you just say you know how to appeal to 5 million people in 72 hours. Uh, like, do you get any projects, you know, in addition to stuff like, like AdSense, like what's the viability on this? Oh, uh, like, um, sponsors and stuff. Are you talking sort of thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I, I honestly don't get, um, I don't think I've ever done like a sponsor video or, you know, you get, you get a lot of people in my business email that will be reaching out, but you probably get a lot of garbage like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be like, promote my app, promote this, promote this. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a, pretty much a scam. Like someone literally two days ago hit me up and was like, I would like you to put like a 20 second ad for our new mobile game. This is my company. I'll pay you two and a half grand, which I was like, oh shit, that's a lot of money. I looked them up. They don't even exist. <laughs> so it's probably just, it's probably just some like kid that's, trying to plug his mobile game and then he's just gonna <laughs> run and i've just put his put his friggin game to like a million people or whatever he's, but, he's stolen the money from his parents <laughs> <laughs> i've never i've never received money for anything outside of for for anything other than adsense really do you think that there's a world Pretty in much. which brands start to catch up with the viability of entertaining such a large amount of people this way like a um, like a brand like like old spice who like you know they work with tim and eric they they clearly have like an irreverent okay, uh, yeah. ad campaign why why wouldn't they in i don't know any day now like f- like tap into the meme community to start making memes yeah kfc and and wendy's and uh uh who else on, on Twitter, especially some places are really loosening oh, yeah. up the roast. Yeah. And even yeah. like you can tell, I, if I remember KFC only follows, uh, what? however many herbs and spices. So like they, they follow like the spice grills and baby spice, something like that. And oh, like right. herb, whatever. And I forget the breakdown, but it's whatever they're famous for in their recipe, you know? And so like, they're clearly thinking like we got to be funny and you know not take this yeah. too seriously and people like that uh it, it seems like they could tap they could tap the uh the power of the meme lords 
<laughs> uh, and it really like make people happy without it coming across as an advertisement. I feel like a lot of brands are definitely like capitalizing on memes, like you say, but I feel like they all do it themselves. You know, they don't want to, they want to do their own thing. They don't want to, I don't know, intrude, I guess. Yeah, but what what do you think of them doing that? Do you think it's really lame? Um, it can be really lame, like really hit and miss. You know, when someone tries to appeal to like the mass internet audience, really, I can't really think of too much. There was like, I think it was an old Wendy's or something ad, and you know, back when um the Im- impact text memes were mm-hmm. big. Do you remember any of those? Like bad luck Brian and all that. Yeah, yeah. Scumbag Steve. There was one really bad ad where it was like this dude bites the burger and he looks at the camera and he's like, when you eat a burger like a boss and this impact font comes up and you're just like, oh my God, just like, please do not do it that. Just, was, it too, was it done badly or was it too late or both? I think it's both yeah. really. It's like mm-hmm. too forced. You mentioned the, the Wendy's Twitter account, which can be pretty funny. You know, they just literally just roast people and that's like how they get their marketing <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of like. It's, I've noticed pretty much every brand is trying to do that now. Like, you know, you go to the, you go to some random wings joint in your city, and they've probably got a Twitter account that's roasting people online. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, there's definitely like the internet is another another create. You know, it's crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's constantly changing. Oh no, and, yeah. You know, I, I see what I see what uh, Kevin and Michael and Jake and and the broader education community on YouTube have to go through, you know, things that were really uh, appealing and worked really well in 2017 may or may not fit really well with right now. And they may be totally dead by next year. And that's a kind of slow moving process compared to what you're doing where, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're picking up on something immediately and it could be dead in like Two weeks. <laughs> or two days. Yeah, yeah two, two days. days right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People yeah. burn through it. So how do you how do you deal with that? Do you have to just constantly be um, have your finger on the pulse of like what is bubbling? Yeah, it's it's I guess it's a mix because yeah, like you said, like the meme the memes these days, you have to you have to make it within a day or two of it being relevant. And you know when you make it that it's not gonna be relevant in a you know, a week or a month. That's what I don't like is cause you've got to have a lot of quantity to get big with memes you know there's when i back when i was just doing the main channel i can't really call it quality because it's memes but like (laughs) you know like i would be putting something out like once every month or two months and you don't get any growth for that you you know you're proud of what you put out well to an extent but you're not you're not getting enough compensation i feel for what the effort you put in was also with the big projects as i because you mentioned the longevity thing is i've scrapped i've scrapped more projects than i've made because by the time i was getting finally had time to do it you know to have a whole script planned out or you know the scenes planned out and whatever by the time i go around to do it the memes dead it's that's the the tough part too is you you think of a really good idea but if you don't don't execute it straight away it's game over (laughs) is there a world in which like a dead meme channel or a dead meme show would actually be funny what do you mean if if you were like i don't know like zombie meme like like you say it's already dead right right if 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 you were like upfront about that um oh like you're purposely late yeah you're purposefully late would that allow it to give would that give the audience enough context to still be entertained by it like if you made a glob meme tomorrow 
um i don't know if that would work at all if you said like you know zombie meme glob and it, even though everyone already knows it's dead but yeah. it was funny enough i i don't know i'm it just can coming happen. up with <laughs> you can't really like analyze memes they're like you know they're so it's unpredictable but you can have like things that will be so old or so lame you know they're so old and lame that you can make it become it you know you can bring it back ironically really there's a lot of, you know a lot of memes these days are built on irony too like uh, a few years, a few, you know, the My Name Jeff meme, I don't know if you saw that for a while. No, what what was that one? It's um, <clears throat> 22 Jump Street, Channing Tatum says, like, my name Jeff, and then um, it just became a, a meme. No, I don't no, remember that guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It sounds so, it's like so shit because it was. <laughs> it was all over Facebook, you know. Anyone from school or stuff would know what it was. So it was like, oh, what you know, you know people call stuff normie. Yeah, yes. these days. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like, I hate the word, quote, normie, you know, like it was something that my audience wouldn't enjoy and stuff. Um, a few years ago or two years ago, Max, you know, Max Mofo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his group, we he started posting about it, you know, like he would post, someone would post a video and he'd reply with, my name Jeff, like, because it's so, it's so shit, but like <laughs> he's bringing it back like a year on. Right. So like, I start, I got on that bandwagon. So like, this really bad meme became funny again because it's so bad. Like, yeah. So, I, I if that's what you're asking, there is power and there is power in bringing dead stuff back. But it has to be. I feel like it has to be. It has to have never been respected when it was alive. <laughs> <laughs> right, because then everyone is in on the joke that it's so yeah, bad exactly. that it's funny again that you're making fun of. The meme itself becomes a joke yeah. in, it, in and of itself. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of layers to it. And then it can even go like three layers beyond where it's like you people start hating that it's back ironically and then people start making fun of the people that hate it ironically. You know, it's just... It's just it's yeah it's it's hard to pin down <laughs> well the layers thing that you bring up i find really interesting because um all memes seem to have multiple layers where you need to kind of have some understanding of a few different things in in order to get the joke you know because you're always combining ideas into kind of one super idea okay yeah and if you don't get one of the layers then it kind of falls flat yeah i I usually don't try and do too many meme plus meme equals meme. That's if that um, Grande does a lot of that, you know, where you take one existing meme, you add it together and people have to understand both to get the full picture really. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's why a lot of, a lot of memes don't last too long these days too. Cause you know, if, if a meme is out and it already, people already start adding it to another existing meme for it to be funny, then it's pretty much can't stand on its own. If, if that makes sense, I feel like that's why a lot of um, <clears throat> a lot of memes these days literally have a two or three day shelf life before the decomposing at the bottom of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you think about the future for yourself? Um, just continue to to make these memes. Hope hope that the channel continues to grow. Like, what is the what is the plan for Dolan Dark? It is hard to. I don't know, cause, like. Because we all know YouTube is volatile, and and then there's the whole Europe banning memes thing that's going on at the moment and stuff. It's like that makes a difference, doesn't it? It could do. It could. It could mean absolutely nothing, but you never know. But I literally at the moment, it's just planning. Because I know, as you know, memes memes are always going to be around, no matter what. You know, they're always gonna. 
if something's if something's popular, there's going to be a meme of it. Um, so I guess the hope is that I can just continue to do what I do and make stuff around current trends or what I want. And it, you know, it's in theory, it should just be an endless supply. You know, there shouldn't be any until I'm like, what the hell are the kids doing these days? <laughs> you know, that's when I got to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be funny. You know, when when memes get too weird for Dolan Dark, yeah. then that's going to be an yeah, interesting yeah, day. It's like, <laughs> it's like that Simpsons quote. I think it's Simpsons. Like, are the kids wrong? Uh, like, am I wrong? No, it's the kids. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll stop blaming the, the audience. When Dolan Dark ages out of ages out of the meme creation, right? He's just too out of touch. I can't. I honestly can't look like three, even three years in the future, because I don't know, like. I just go. I guess just go with the flow, and I, I, I probably need to try and do more avenues, just because you know my revenue source is pretty much essentially just YouTube, a, a mm. little bit from merchandise, but like, you know, if YouTube goes barely up, I'm just kind of like dead in the water, sort of thing. So I guess that's something for me to focus on in the future. But at the moment, I'm just kind of, you know, going going with it. <laughs> yeah, is 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 Patreon a thing that you've considered or do? I did consider that way back when the apocalypse thing was happening, when like no videos were getting monetized. You know, when I was just like, okay, I should be getting this amount of money. Why am I getting one one hundredth of what I should be getting, <laughs> sort of thing? Um, I did consider at one point, but I don't know. I just felt like I felt like I would I would need to be putting in the effort. I would feel bad if I wasn't putting my 100% in, if people were literally giving me money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like it could it could create like a, a pressure on me and stress. And I, I didn't feel proud enough of my content to receive money for it, essentially. It, it put too much pressure on you creatively to feel beholden to your patrons. Yeah. So I would want to uphold my uh, whatever I promised my patrons, which would probably be like, at least one project and video. So that already puts a time frame on me. And then I obviously wouldn't want to disappoint them. I don't know. It just felt like I wouldn't want to make one and then not uphold my end of the bargain. And I don't know. I felt like I just felt like my content didn't warrant a Patreon, really. It's like having shareholders in a way, isn't it? We're like like investors and you have this responsibility. <laughs> you know, you're like that they put this money in and they've got a profit in some way. And maybe you're doing it right and maybe you aren't. Maybe you're not sure. Yeah. Like, that's got to be weird. Yeah, and you're having a board meeting about Bongo Cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this podcast comes out, people will be like, oh, God, Bongo Cat. I know, <laughs> I, know, I know, dude. That was exactly what I was thinking before we started recording. I was like, I can't even mention any memes because they're going to be so dead by the time the podcast launches. But yeah. um uh, look, this was awesome. We're going to bring Grande in now, and then we're going to bring you back, and we'll all talk together. How does that sound? Oh, cool. Cool? Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. This episode of The Create Unknown is sponsored by Brilliant.org. Matt, so you and I actually just got back from Vienna, of all places. Uh, yeah, I gained four or five pounds of schnitzel and beer. <laughs> 
So look, the reason that we were in Vienna is actually I spoke at TEDx and while I was there, the most amazing thing for me, other than the schnitzel, was getting to meet and watch the talks of the other 20 people that were involved in the event. But uh, one thing I wanted to mention was this guy who's working on an algorithm that will park a robot car autonomously that's designed after a worm brain. So, okay, so the worm brain is, is parking a car. Uh, sort of. They mapped this worm's brain, the synapses and everything, actually a long time ago, but they're now using this worm's brain, which is a very, very simple brain, to figure out a simple way to create an algorithm that could do something as advanced as, like, perfectly parking a car for a robot. And what's amazing about this is that, you know, we're, we're partnering with Brilliant.org, and they literally have a course on learning and the brain that is about building an artificial learning algorithm, which... Oh, specifically on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the many reasons I wanted to partner with Brilliant for this podcast is that, you know, I, I get like a cursory glance at certain topics like artificial intelligence, artificial learning algorithms, but I don't know that much about it. But you can just go to Brilliant.org and do their course and all of a sudden you are interacting with a deep level of understanding of these concepts. Yeah, and at this point in my life, I'm not going to career shift into parking cars with animal brains, but I absolutely want want to talk to the people who do those things. And I want to do more than say, like somebody says that, brings it up, be like, oh my God, that's bonkers. You know, I want to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I get this. Like, let's talk for a minute instead of me standing there, you know, drooling as somebody else throws knowledge at my face. Well, yeah, and not only that, but the only way you can really talk to other people about this stuff is if you have a deep enough sense of understanding that you're able to teach it. That's really kind of like the highest level of understanding a thing is if you can then explain it to somebody else. So Yeah, I'm taking a look now and I see they start off with learning in the brain. And like, I'm pretty comfortable with the basics of how that happens. But I scroll down and look at some of these, like there's a module called backpropagation. I cannot tell you right now what that is. And so I would be able to go through this entire curated thing here, I feel like I'd be able to come out in a position to have a, a pretty good conversation with that guy. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm brilliant. You're not just like reading something and hoping that you understand it. You're actually interacting with guided problems, with explanations, with interactive quizzes. So it's really hands-on and you really get a sense of, of what's going on. You know, it's not just blanket memorization. It's really fundamentally understanding these things. So if, if that's something that you're interested in, well, we have the greatest uh, offer for you. Just go to brilliant.org slash the create unknown. The first 200 people that go to that link will get 20% off the annual premium subscription. But you have to go to brilliant.org slash the create unknown. And um, yeah, I mean, who is not interested in worm brains and robots? I, I can't think of a single person. <laughs> That's brilliant.org slash the create unknown. And um, all right, back to the show. Chapter two. Grande. So look, man, you have just seen a, a meteoric rise in popularity uh, this year. When I first started following you on Twitter, I mean, I think you had maybe a quarter of the followers that you have today. So you're just getting ridiculously popular 
so fast. What has that been like for you? Uh, I think, yes, especially on Twitter, on Twitter and Instagram mainly. Like it's been a very sudden growth this year mainly. On YouTube, it's probably been a bit longer, like since last year. Actually, since late 2016, I remember. Like just when I started grad day, immediately with the We Are Number One memes at first. Like immediately the channel started blowing up from that. And and when was that? When did you first started making video memes? Uh, that's it. Late 2016, I believe. November, November, December 2016. Well, that uh, is a ridiculously fast growth. Yeah, so, that's so, crazy. So you upload, and what was your first video? And right away you got attention for it? Yeah, basically within like a week. Do you do? <laughs> That, that is I, insane. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt real fast because every time we talk to, to anybody, they have this story that's like, well, I started at six years old working 18 <laughs> hours a day on this thing and it slowly built into a, a career. And then I got super lucky and it, it you know, just grew and grew. And My and, friends at Threadbanger spent seven years working <laughs> on their channel before they got to a million subscribers. You're like, right? yeah, it took me a week. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, a, a week I did one thing and I'm instantly popular. I've had food poisoning for longer than it's taken you. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know if you know, but I have a notebook channel as well, which I started in 2011. That's my other channel. It was my first channel where I just made Minecraft notebook songs. So, and, and, and how did that do? Was that popular? Yes, but that took much longer. So I think I got 100k subs on that in 2014 or 2015. And I started in 2011. So that, that one was more like a hobby though. I never, when I started on that one, I was never like focusing on it to make it my career or anything, or anything like that. So were you working a, a full-time job and then making the Minecraft uh, note block videos in your spare time? I was a student, a medical student. Actually, I started it before before starting my course in medicine. Uh, I was like 16 years old, I think. Wait, so you are you are an actual doctor? Yes, that's that's actually true. Oh, so <laughs> so in the name, this is a legitimate yes, professional a legit title. Yep, I'm actually a doctor. <laughs> I, this just gets more and more fascinating. This is, this this is, is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, wait. So you're an actual doctor. You graduated med school. Did you start practicing medicine and, and making the YouTube videos in, in your free time? No. So when I graduated just last year, almost a year ago, a bit less, I basically chose to work full time on grad day instead, instead of working as a doctor. As oh my gosh. As, as ridiculous I, as that may I, sound. I suppose, yeah, I suppose you have a viable career to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ba basically. Yeah, I guess if the meme thing doesn't work out, you can go back to being a doctor. Like, yeah, you, this can, is you can slum it as a medical professional. <laughs> I actually so, I only have like three years chance because after the... After the degree, there are two years of a foundation program, they're called, which you need to do before you get the official warrant. Oh, so is that like a residency in the US? Yes, I think it's called yeah. residency. So yeah. basically, I would need to do that as well. I haven't done uh, that And if yet. you don't do that, then your degree doesn't mean anything anymore? I think so. I'm not sure because like nobody does that. Pretty much nobody gets the degree. And, and wait, then, wait, so you're saying nobody stops being a doctor to make memes full time? Yeah, that, <laughs> I think that has never happened in the history of the world. <laughs> what, uh, what practice area would you be interested in? Like what would your specialty be? 
a lot of people ask me that. Like, I'm honestly not sure yet. I would have to work, like, to spend months working on different specialties for me mm-hmm. to, to get a better picture, I think. And that would happen during that that two-year program, right? Would you yes, pop would from department every, to department? Every three months, you'd be in a different uh, like firm. And is this something that you're considering doing, or are you full steam ahead on doing memes? I mean, it's always uh, a plan B, but uh, I def- definitely memes are the priority for me. Like I, I prefer that a lot more. It's That's incredible. I had no really? idea. And this just got so much more interesting <laughs> than I ever I imagined it was going to be. So... Um, so you've been doing YouTube for a long time, though. I mean, 2011, that is back in the day. Um, that's much longer than I thought. But I actually made uploaded my first video in 2007, I believe. It was wow. wow. It was a RuneScape music video, of course. A RuneScape <laughs> music video? Yes. It's still up. <laughs> if you want right. to check it out, it's extremely low quality and very bad, but it's there. Mm-hmm. That must have been like the 12th video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time ago. So, so wow. So you've been interested in this from day one, pretty much this idea of making videos and, and uploading them to the internet. The idea yeah, of just creating stuff. I think it's always been, especially when Minecraft came out, like I also had a, a texture pack, multiple texture packs actually that I made and uh, like my node block word. I've always liked to share random stuff I come up with, like with the, on the internet. And and when did so when did that fascination with just creating and sharing? When did that kind of pivot into doing memes? Was there an inspiration specifically for you? Was there, was there like like a model for making memes that you said, "Hey, I could do this too." Um, I always loved memes. I remember back in uh, when I was a teenager, like thirteen years old, I used to. Like, I, I always liked memes. I remember I used to visit cheeseburger.com, yeah. I think, to, meme base, memebase.com, if you guys yeah. know it. Um, and yeah, I used to watch a few YouTube meme videos as well. And sometimes I used to incorporate a bit of memes in my Minecraft videos as well, even though they were more serious Noteblock songs. Like, my, some of my most popular Noteblock videos have mm-hmm. a bit of memes in them as well. And then I think when We Are Number One came out, I just had a few ideas. I remember there was a channel, Mr. Mr. Mango Head, that used to upload weird edits with We Are Number One. So that was partly an inspiration as well. Um, and I just decided to upload a few. And like the YouTube algorithm, We Are Number One was so big the, at, at that time that the algorithm immediately picked out the videos, I think, and just started recommending them. And they were on Reddit as well. Like it was a big thing at the time. Yeah. So it's so we just spoke with Dolan Dark and, and he said something super interesting to me, which was a type of meme he referred to as meme plus meme equals meme and that seems to be something that that you are really excellent at where you take (laughs) something that's already a meme or is becoming a meme and then you remix it into some other meme and now all of a sudden you have this kind of voltron super meme one plus one plus one equals three yeah one plus one equals three it's the multiplier effect some people hate that as well but ultimately it seems that most people love it when that happens what is the hate like so you get negative comments uh, for doing these types of one plus one equals three memes yes i mean to be honest most of them are more jokes and trolls i imagine than actual hate but Quite a lot of people 
criticized that as well. Like even PewDiePie has jokingly criticized it as well. The meme <laughs> plus meme <laughs> equals meme thing. So how do you take that negativity? Um, do you just take, does it roll off your back because you, these people aren't taking it so seriously? They're just kind of in on the joke and trolling? Yeah, basically. I think most, most comments like that are mainly are at least partly joking. And I just take it video by video. Like if I make a video that many people love and other people also hate, but I mean, if the majority of people love it, I think that's a pretty good. Like there are some videos that that can, that can get more hate than others, for example. And if that happens, I'll see what's wrong. Like maybe in, I, I stop doing that type of video, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there seems to be, I've noticed kind of this self-deprecating, apologetic almost tone a lot when you release these memes where you're almost like apologizing for them. <laughs> yeah. So what's that all about? <laughs> Do you feel like uh, kind of like, hey guys, I know this is dumb or I know that you've already seen like 20 memes in about this topic, um, but you know, I thought this was a funnier version of it. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a, of a meme to be honest. Like, I usually say the, something like, I'm sorry, or something like that, if it's a really weird meme. But usually those are actually loved more, so it's more of a joke. Like, this meme is so weird <laughs> that I apologize, even though I know you're going to love it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, it's so weird that you're going to love it. <laughs> I'm sorry for making your day awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So do you get any pressure from friends and family at all for not pursuing your medical career and doing memes instead? No, uh, thankfully, like everyone is really supportive. Uh, my parents are totally OK with it. Like, I obviously I think they would prefer if I was a doctor instead of a meme alert, you know, like and they have given, adv- given me advice to at least to the foundation program, for example. But ultimately, they're very supportive still and proud. And my friends, funnily enough, most of my doctor friends actually are the opposite. Like, they actually encourage me to to make memes instead of being a doctor. (laughs) Well, I think that, you know, Lord is a much better title than uh, doctor. So, so, you know, meme Lord is, I think, it's a higher honor. Being a meme meme Lord is a higher calling. To serve humanity. But you know what? You're like the Maltese Ken Jeong. Because he was a doctor, wasn't he? Ken Jeong. Ken Ken Jeong was a doctor and he left to do, uh, I don't know if he started a stand-up, but, you know, a few years later, he's uh, Mr. Chow. Right. He, yeah, he did leave um, uh, his medical profession to become an entertainer much later in life, though. Than yeah, he was you. like 42 or something. Wasn't yeah, he? it sounds like you figured this out right away that you can make a lot of people happy every single day with what you're doing. And I think that the results are clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So one question that I have about your process is, you know, when do you know when a meme is going to kind of take off it seems like you have this ability to see that something is bubbling and then kind of pick it up out of the chaos of the internet and turn it into this big thing what is that like for you i don't know to be honest i don't think i have that power (laughs) like in most cases i have no idea whether a meme is gonna be big or not like usually i will start realizing that when the meme has already become big you know like I see it being spread a lot and everyone is making their versions of it. 
at that point, I think it's pretty clear that this meme is going to become very big. And and what was an example of like your favorite meme that you created? Like you did the first one and then you couldn't believe how many iterations there were afterwards. I don't, I don't think there are any, to be honest, where I did the very first version. And like, I have never created a meme from nothing so basically what what you're doing is is you're you're go, you're coming in you're seeing what people are already kind of laughing at and then you turn it into kind of like a more a bigger just funnier version of it basically like i don't i don't want to take credit for like making a meme big or anything most of the time like i just i just participate in making some versions of a particular meme you know that that has happened for so long, though. Like this is a, a, a slight switch, but think how many products were developed. Almost always, the person who invents a product does not succeed with it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is the same sort of process where the first guy or the first company to enter a market totally fails. <laughs> like they have to put so much into it, and they don't know how people are going to respond. And, you know, maybe they kind of have it right, but maybe it needs to be tweaked. Uh, but yeah, the first people, you know, if you think about electronics, stuff like that, the brands that were around and, and really big on like even flat screen TVs or DVD players or things like that. Computers is, is huge, right? Where you think of who started it and like IBM started with computers and they don't even make computers anymore. Uh, it's kind of the same with memes from from talking to you guys where uh, the first person to kind of point out something is funny, that, that's not really enough. And it takes this amazing skill and, and sense of what people are going to value and laugh at and love and what's going to resonate with them to totally just like crank it up to another level that's going to go on your channel and get like 12 million, uh, 12 million views. Yes, definitely. Usually the very first person who makes something with a meme, like with a new meme, is usually a very small person who doesn't get too much recognition. Like it's the meme itself that actually gets the recognition. I remember reading a tweet by the first ever guy to share the spaghetti meme, the somebody touch my spaghetti. And (laughs) he was actually angry at PewDiePie because like PewDiePie kind of made that meme big. And he's like, I, I shared it for the first time. <laughs> and he was angry, I remember. He must have had like timestamp proof on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Imagine so, going through life just being like, by the way, I was the first guy to make this joke. <laughs> just insisting that that matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first guy to share somebody, somebody touched my spaghetti meme. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you say that, you know, you're not kind of maybe not creating the first joke. You're remixing ideas, essentially. But, you know, the way that you've been able to do it has obviously been incredibly successful in a very short period of time because of the growth is, is undeniable. So clearly, like you're working really hard on these. How, how long does it take you to make some of these memes? Yeah, so it really depends a lot on, on which meme we're talking about. So some shit posts are very quick, just quick edits, for example. But other ones, especially the more musical memes, can take a lot, a lot of time. Like, like the GameCube 
uh, the GameCube Game uh, boot screen memes. Like, how mm. long do those take? Because you have to create the music, you have to um, do all of that animation. The music part of the GameCube memes usually isn't too long because I'm so used to it now. Uh, but the animation, uh, they're not actually animated the way I do it. Like, I'm not good with 3D animation or anything, so I just cut the the small pieces of the actual from the actual GameCube video. Like, I cut a 3 by one uh, rectangle, for example, and I keep pasting them in a straight line and stuff. Like, that actually takes a lot of time to mask everything and look at the trail looking as perfectly as I can. For the GameCube memes, I can easily take, I don't know, five hours or more, for example, just for one GameCube meme. And how do you make the music? What do you use? Uh, I've always used FL Studio for music. So basically, I just change the pitch and uh, cut the the sound samples that I need, and maybe add some compression or stuff like that. And But otherwise, I change the notes and stuff by ear, because ever since I started making notebook songs, it's become quite easy for me to just uh, hear a song and uh, put the notes as they are in the original song. So, and how do you think about like the monetization aspect of this? I mean, obviously you're able to do this full time. Um, there's no monetization on Twitter or Instagram. So are you usually using those to kind of point people to your YouTube channel? Uh, with memes, I've learned that uh, I think it's just better to put your memes as well on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, then just put them on YouTube and that's it. Like YouTube isn't really impacted if you do that. So why not? Uh, sure, the videos aren't actually monetized on uh, Twitter, etc. But ultimately, it's still better to grow on there as well than to just be on YouTube. For example, my Instagram is growing faster than my YouTube pretty much right now. And like, it, and like why... Why shouldn't I post them there as well, even if I make no money off of them, you know? FN base is always important, I think, even if you're not making money off of it. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Gary V, this is a, a, a thing that he just pounds home constantly that give your best stuff away for free. This is going to benefit you the most in the long run by like your audience is going to love it. It's going to grow that audience. You know, whether it's something that gets a certain amount of revenue, whatever, he's saying it's going to be a lot better for you down the line if you just take your best stuff and give it to people. And that's exactly what you just explained. And especially with memes, like they're going to be reposted for sure on Instagram and Twitter. If I don't do it myself, other meme channels will get all the credit, you know, so might as well do it myself. And do you have a problem with people stealing your memes? I mean, I know that you watermark them, but at the end of the day, are you just happy that more people see it? Basically, I used to have a problem when I was smaller, but you, you start to learn that ultimately the uh, re meme reposts are going to happen. Like they're just going to happen for sure. And they don't actually hurt you directly. Like if there's a meme, sure, if someone reposts your meme and gets 100,000 likes, you feel a bit bad. But is it really hurting you? Especially if then, especially if the guys actually credit you or people in the comments actually like mention that this this was made by Grande, for example. Uh, so ultimately, it actually helps you just a tiny little bit and doesn't hurt you. So yeah, I'm pretty much okay with it, especially if they credit me. That would be nice. Yeah, and it seems like having a persona as a meme lord is a really unique and new thing. There aren't that many people who kind of are doing what you're doing in a way where you're building up 
sort of a, a following and but also kind of a brand. I mean, I don't want it to get too corporate here talking about memeing, but it really is kind of a brand. I mean, you're putting your name on it. You're you're becoming well known for doing a certain type of memeing. Yeah. And you're really building um, a clear brand around memes, which is fascinating. Yeah. To jump on this, uh, an example of what Kevin is saying is that, uh, you know, we're talking to Dolan Dark and he he said specifically that thing about about you combining two memes into one for a certain effect. And that was pretty much him recognizing that you've got a specific brand of, uh, you know, a way of doing this. You have a brand that works in a different way than his does. And ultimately, the way people respond and, and uh, what they think of, of both of you as meme lords, that's pretty much the same. But the way you're doing this stuff is very different. And he recognized that in you. We uh, recognized it when we looked at both of you. And I think the whole community does, too. Well, because also yeah. it's like memeing for most of the Internet history has been such an anonymous thing where it's just like here's this meme i don't know who made it but yeah. you know whatever who did this? and who did this? Yeah, who, who, who did this laughing, yeah exactly with laughter right <laughs> who did this um but now it's like well i know who did this and i can talk to who did this on a podcast and that that is so new to me yes new uh, meme <laughs> new meme who dis <laughs> who dis so what what does it feel like to be kind of like a new type of content creator yes it's a bit weird like there there aren't many big meme names like meme makers it's the big accounts right now are usually the meme reposters like on instagram especially there are many but actually oc meme creators i think the fact that dolan and i especially became so big it has inspired a lot now a lot of new meme creators that like you see them, there are many more now, even smaller ones than there were like a year ago or two years ago. I think it's a good thing, obviously, if there are meme creators instead of just meme reposters. And ultimately, I think people are are enjoying that as well, are following these OC meme creators more than before. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's a new thing that's just going to continue to grow. Don't Don't you think so? We're going to see more and more persona-based full-time memers and i welcome it i mean i think it's so funny it's the most entertaining thing to me so much more so than than anything that you'll see you know certainly on tv or in movies but even just on youtube in general where you know when i first started on youtube and you had a lot of sketch comedy you had a lot of these like improv groups doing sketches and you know, you had the Lonely Island and, and Good Neighbor stuff and Cream and, and, and Picnic Face. But all of that stuff just kind of takes a lot of time. And what you're able to do in such a short period of time where something becomes a meme overnight and you're already making fun of it the next day, it's just such a continually entertaining thing that I don't know. I don't know if it gets any better because it's so fresh constantly. What do you think about that? Yes, I think memes are like a new, a new medium still that is growing and I think will grow much more in the future. Uh, we can't really like foresee where the memes will go, but I think they, they are going to keep growing. 
and more meme creators will probably grow as well. Yeah, and I think people like you and Dolan Dark are largely responsible for what's what's to come. So yeah, I mean, it's your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're leaders of the meme force after all now. We have to lead the memes. That's right. I mean, you both have, you have the same title of Lord General, is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now you need to start choosing what, like lieutenants and um, majors. And... Yeah, there should be a whole administration with this. Right. Yeah, basically we announced a few in a video. Do you, do you, are you interested in joining the meme force as well? I don't know if I'm qualified. I, I'm, I'm certainly uh, a fan though. I would quit my job <laughs> in a second to join the meme force. Well, yeah. We'll think of something then. <laughs> I mean, I did vote for you, you know, that is... Uh, thank you. Oh, so, so you voted for him. I voted for Grande, yeah. It's, yeah in, so it's in his video. You mm-hmm. That was convenient not to he, tell he Dolan. Endorsed, yes. Yeah, he, <laughs> he happened not to tell Dolan that he voted for you. Maybe we'll, t- we'll bring him back in. We'll talk I about it. I think you have to confess that when he comes back. His endorsement was public, though. It's in, the, in my one million special video. <laughs> That's right. Um, so what do you think the future is for your channel? I mean, obviously, you're just growing, growing, growing. You're holding off on pursuing medicine for now. It sounds like you're you're happy where you are. What, what do you think about like the next couple of years for you? Yeah, if I can just continue making memes, like that, that's what I really want. If uh, if I can continue doing continue doing this, I'll keep I just keep making memes basically for as long as it remains viable. Like <laughs> <laughs> this. Uh, it- this is amazing. Like, it's just the coolest thing to hear, isn't it? Yeah, it's like talking to uh, like a, a pro athlete who just loves playing the game. And like, I just want to wake up every day and and play football and do that as long as I can possibly. But you don't have to worry about like a, a devastating knee injury when you're just making <laughs> memes. <laughs> so you can make memes and carpal like, tunnel, yeah, maybe carpal tunnel just winds your career down. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have to worry about. <laughs> um, well, listen, it was awesome to talk to you, but stick around because we're going to bring Dolan Dark back and we're going to all have a big meme lord party. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you soon. Finally, it's time. Grande and Dolan Dark enter the Create Unknown. Together. Chapter 3, The Meme Lord Summit. All right, so we have Grande and Dolan Dark making internet history right now. Together. Together, talking for the very first time. So, um... A lot of pressure. (laughs) It is, and it's like Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder and like Ebony and Ivory. Like bringing two great artists together for the first time. This is going (laughs) down in history. (laughs) So... The, the first thing I wanted to ask you guys is if there was ever a time where one of you put out a meme and then the other one decided, well, you know, Dolan already did this joke, so I'm not going to now or vice versa. Yeah, uh, kind of. Usually if there's a meme like that is popping up, we can sometimes we even discuss what we're going to do with it to avoid doing the same thing. Oh, so you guys but, communicate then? Oh, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. So we talk quite a lot. So, like, if there's a um, popular meme, like you said, there, we'll never put a meme out, and then that will discourage us from putting our own one out. Normally, if we're both planning to do um, the same, like, meme template as you will, we'll normally, like, <laughs> plan it so we release it at the exact same time just to mess with people a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there are a bunch of videos that that are saying uh, that you two are the same person. 
I yeah, mean, I mean, we could be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm re- I'm just really good at I'm just really good at accents. <laughs> Have you ever heard us talking at the exact same time? No, I don't think so. This is like when when there was the rumor that Michael and Janet Jackson were the same person. Resource <laughs> Michael. No. You don't remember that? Yeah, I'm I'm way too old. But yeah, that was that was the thing where I think in like the early nineties, people I'm would say Michael Vsauce, Michael and Janet Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Michael Stevens and Janet Jackson were the same person. Kevin's like, oh yeah, remember when when people thought George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were the same person? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually three hundred years old. Um, when did you guys start talking regularly? Because you know we were just talking with Grande about how recently he has blown up onto the scene. So when was it that you guys first kind of started talking to each other? Yeah. And who reached out to who first? I, I think it was Dolan. Right? I think so. Oh, oh, it was over a year ago. That's what I remember. I think we started talking regularly because of the apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> the worst things brought us together. Basically, <laughs> thanks to the apocalypse, like we had to discuss what is causing videos to get demonetized and stuff. And I think that's how it started. Oh, so you guys were kind of kind of figuring out together what it was that was causing your videos to get demonetized and like what you could do about it. Meme channels were affected a lot by that, like in April and May of last year. Basically, we were brought together by complaining about how shit YouTube was. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I think when we first got in contact, we were either at around the same subscribers or I might have even been ahead of him. I think so, yeah. Because we've, um, we've traded like... He's passed me before, and then I passed him again. But then now he's finally quite a few. I think he's two hundred thousand ahead of me or something, mm-hmm. give or take. I don't know. I think uh, yeah, more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh flexing, flexing. That's it. Get it right. I love the subtext in that. Just, right. just by the way, since we're counting, yeah, we are counting. <laughs> what is the exact number? Um, no, but it sounds like you guys uh, work well to kind of build a community between just the two of you. To, to bring more um, attention to both? Um, I guess, like, we've got, like, the meta memes and stuff, do you mean? Like, like sort of, like, joining alliances and all that. Yeah, I mean, you, d- you did the whole, the whole campaign to vote, you know, for... Oh, right, like yeah. That, that sort of thing. Yeah, to, to be honest, most of that stuff, like, we don't actually plan it out. It's... Well, we do, but we don't. It's more, like, spur of the moment sort of thing. We'll be like, hey, this could be a good idea. The election thing was just my idea, for example. But then once it happened, oh, yeah. it became a good idea to to make videos, each of us about it and stuff. So he made the, the vote, you know, the big vote for Grande. So I was like, hang on, I could probably spin my own thing. Like, I don't want to lose this poll. You know, I'm going to make my own <laughs> video about it. Like, there was no, like, there was no pre-decision to make, you know, to to make a video you know it wasn't there wasn't a huge big plan to do like so-and-so videos about this thing it just kind of happens i mean you know how fast the meme memes move (laughs) yeah yeah that's what happens mostly yeah you you probably wouldn't be able to plan it effectively anyway could you oh no because we ended up tying as well so we had like we kind of talked about like if we if you win what what are you going to do if i win what are we going to do if we tie what are we going to do like not that, that that's going to happen but you know yeah it was and there's no did. <laughs> there's no big yeah, there's no big plan really we don't like overanalyze stuff you can't really overanalyze memes because then they kind of 
they kind of lose their magic. You know, if you're trying to analyze a meme, then you don't really get it in the first place. If that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've always heard that about comedy in general, that like the, once you start kind of trying to overanalyze it, then like you said, the magic is gone. And um, I don't know. It's just not fun anymore. Yeah, I agree as well. But I think what you guys are doing to me, uh, because this is just the first parallel I think of, is a lot like the Seattle rock scene, in like the grunge era, which was really impactful for me when I grew up. But it was like, you know, Nirvana first broke onto the scene and then all of a sudden Pearl Jam came in. And before you know it, like a scene was kind of developed around this, which replaced what came before it, which was like glam metal and, and hair metal before it. So, yeah. But I think that you guys kind of playing off each other and doing stuff together and collaborating, even if it's just, you know, which meme are you going to work on, sort of builds a culture between the two of you yeah. for, for what you're doing. That's palpable. Yeah, it's, it's become a, a meme of its own, <laughs> almost like the Dolan and the Grande meme. Uh, in fact, I, I think we first started agreeing to upload at the same time and stuff. Because it was already a meme. I think people were already commenting <laughs> that we're the same person, for example. Yeah, the audience kind of takes takes it and runs with it, and you can kind of, like, build on that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And what's an example of a meme that just won't go away? Like, I think of Shrek, first and foremost. Okay. Like, how yeah. did Shrek become such a meme, and, and why won't... You know, you throw a neckbeard on him, you put a, a fedora on the top of his head. Like, no matter what, it's just, it's so it's just funny. It's just always yeah. funny. I don't know why. why. Why is that inexhaustibly funny? It, must, it definitely must be because, like, literally everyone has seen Shrek, right, around, like, this age range. So they've got, like, mm -hmm. they can appeal to a mass audience. And then it's just the fact that it's Shrek, you know, like a Scottish ogre that's bright green, you know, <laughs> like it, it, writes, it writes itself. Like <laughs> It's kind of like Mario and Waluigi as well. Just like Shrek, they probably remain kind of meme for, for almost forever. Yeah, it's going to be a long time, a long time before they go out of style. Everyone knows who they are. It's a bit of nostalgia as well. Yeah, I mean, you say music won't go away after a few people <laughs> want Vsauce Marco to go away because, <laughs> like, I, I stopped, like, I, I only upload the, you know, it might be once a month I might do a Vsauce one. So, you know, you still get the occasional one that says, like, Vsauce is, the meme is dead and it's just like, no, he's eternal. Like, there's no, there's no killing him. <laughs> it's true. Michael is another <laughs> meme. Okay, so... I'm going to say right now that obviously we just talked about how overanalyzing memes is a, a bad thing to do and it makes it lose its magic. Yeah, but we should overanalyze But we should overanalyze a meme because I, I still find it interesting because overanalyzing is what I love to do, obviously. Yeah. Like, that's what I do on Vsauce 2. <laughs> that's just what I do in my personal time. I love thinking about things way too much. So let's yeah. just think about this way too much. Why is Michael an eternal meme? In your, in your estimation? I, uh, I think Dolan is more qualified for this question. <laughs> uh, I, like, I don't know. It's just like I've said before, like you can't really explain memes sometimes. They just kind of have their own magic. I think, I think it's because, you know, most, like say Bonga Cat, for example, will probably be, um, you know, a few more days left in it and it's going to be, people will be sick of it. 
by by the time yeah. this podcast comes <laughs> out, it will be yeah. in its grave by then. Um, I think it's like because all the memes lately, the ones that last a few days, they come out and they are immediately like saturation, saturated everywhere. You know, you log on to the internet one day and you're like, "What the fuck is Bongo Cat?" Like it's everywhere. Whilst with like Michael, I feel like because it wasn't it was a gradual sort of thing you know there was no like suddenly michael's face is everywhere you look it was more like mm-hmm. okay someone made a meme about michael i'll make a meme about michael and you know like it was just a kind of like a gradual build up and then i guess it's just you can use so many different videos you know i originally when i made the vsauce memes i would just use hey vsauce michael here as the punchline but then you could do you know you could actually take specific videos and sayings to make it work with the video you know i don't know it's just i guess there's just so much content to it and like there's only a few people who are actually sick of him yeah i guess that my answer would be that he was never oversaturated except on my channel you know like yeah (laughs) i think also like everyone loves michael like can you find just one person who dislikes michael (laughs) Like he's so lovable <laughs> that uh, he will, no one is uh, gonna get tired of him. Like and uh, memes about him. Right. I. I mean, I agree. I don't see why you would be mad about him ever. So yeah, there is that kind of general positivity around him. I guess you know, and general acceptance. Yeah. yeah. Who's gonna get angry seeing SpongeBob and just be like, you know what? Fifteen years of this sponge is is too much. Now I'm mad about it. I just, I don't see that happening. Nobody's mad at Mario. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are no enemies. Vsauce doesn't have any enemies. Not, not, not really. No. <laughs> no. no. Not, not yet. Yeah. No. Not yet. Not yet. I know. Maybe. <laughs> Very tough. You maybe. Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, someday. We'll, we'll, turn on, we'll turn on him next. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were talking last night about uh, like what you guys thought of, of each other's memes. And, and we wanted to know which which meme of the others you thought was best? Oh, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> I'm terrible at picking <laughs> yeah, favorites. It's, it's very difficult. Well, it doesn't have, have to be to, the number one I'll, favorite. It can just be I'll like top to, five. I'll have to look at Grande's channel to. I think one meme I can remember right now is from uh, like very old ago, very long ago. Uh, probably they're the Kim Star movie meme. I remember. Oh, and I kind of right. love that one. Yeah. That was a big project I put together on the main channel. It's like a, a trailer about a Game Star movie. And also the Apple the Apple MLG video was also really good, I think. Which one was that? <laughs> you forgot. That was about the iPhone. Oh iPhone. Probably XD. like two years ago, I think. Uh, iPhone XD is another good one, but no, I'm I'm referring to Apple Gets Wrecked. A previous one. <laughs> yeah, that one. It's old. Apple school. gets wrecked. Well, yeah, these, what was, these are old as well, so it's kind of nostalgic. What, what was part the, of the Apple get, gets wrecked? What what did that involve? It was you should watch it. It was um yeah, you could watch it. It was MLG, you know, I mentioned basically. montage parodies. It was back in that era, so like flashing lights, lots of fast stuff. Air horns, air horns. I don't think I used air horns actually. Maybe not. For me, I don't know. Grande does a lot more musical related memes than me, so I always like those ones. Um. I liked um, one of his Donald because he did, you did a few Donald Trump ones. Yeah, I have Donald a Trump, few Trump China. Videos. I can't remember which one Just it was. There's one that there was one that got stuck in my head so much that when I heard the original song, I could just 
All I could hear was Donald Trump saying China, China, <laughs> China, China. It was a Daft Punk, maybe. <laughs> oh, probably. Faster, but yeah, and then there was, I think there was a, big, a big Shuck meme as well, if you, if you ever saw that one. Oh, the Big Shaggy. You know of Big like, Shaggy. Uh, man Don't Dance or whatever. What is it? Yeah, Man. Um, man's Not Hot. Was man's the, Not Hot. The big meme. Yeah. Like, oh, Man's yeah. Not Hot. That was yeah. literally one of the longest living memes for a while. True. It lasted like three or four months, which is like 20 years in meme time. <laughs> yeah, that's an eternity. Well, and this was yeah. just because uh, that song was so weird. So he was just making sounds, right? Like pop, pop. Yeah. And then the lyrics were fu- hilarious as well. Yeah. Like the chorus was just those sounds through, but the lyrics. It, um, it just had so much <laughs> substance to it, I guess. And then they released the music video and uh, he continued like embracing the meme. I think that's why it lived for much longer than usual. I, I noticed that with his subsequent releases, it seems like they're just as kind of purposefully, I don't want to say dumb but yeah definitely okay. like that's okay. his character <laughs> right like big shack is actually one of his many characters that his comedic character so his whole point is comedy yeah he was it was like satire like he was never a serious yeah, rapper just, mm-hmm. oh i didn't realize that but i think yeah like i think that's what contr- what contributed to getting big was people didn't realize it was an act you know they think this guy's just going yes that's true this guy's just going insane <laughs> Most of the time, when people make something satirical like that and they're not very well known, like people will think they're actually serious, and that might help it actually become a bigger meme. Yeah, I, I thought it was serious, so that, that makes me yeah. like him so much more now. Exactly. Though it's that great. it is a joke because it's so funny. <laughs> no, it was totally satire. So, uh, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, this podcast is about improving lives. It's a, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even say that without laughing. That's right. About fostering creative development and, and just yeah. making the world a better place. So what advice would both of you give to an aspiring nine-year-old meme lord? This, this little tyke. <laughs> a this little tyke. <laughs> this, this little fourth grader who wants to be a meme lord when he gets older. I hope nine-year-olds aren't watching my stuff. <laughs> oh, they definitely are. You know that they are. <laughs> <laughs> but what we, let's let's say they're a bit older. Uh, but anybody who wants to be like, yeah, I can make funny stuff. My friends say I'm funny. You know, I have a few digital skills. Like, if they want to get into memeing, how do you how do you do this? What do you say to those people? Uh, it doesn't require too much to be honest. <laughs> like, as long as <laughs> as long as you know how to do basic video editing, you can pretty much start making memes. There's definitely a lot of luck involved too. It's like. Yes, as well. Um, quantity, luck, and I guess literally being funny, which you can't really like force, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even consider myself funny, but other people think it's funny, so it must be funny. If you get lots of laughs from people, then you probably will get lots of laughs from the rest of the internet, <laughs> sort of thing. But the quantity is a big thing, yeah. isn't it? Just keep going. Quantity is a big thing for YouTube. Literally, just consistency too. Like, um, not so much meme makers, but. Everyone I know from like two a year or two ago that did YouTube, like maybe commentaries or whatever other content vlogs, the ones that consistently, no matter how low their views were, consistently put out stuff like once a week or you know they stuck to a schedule. They are they're all like above a hundred thousand subscribers now. You know they made it. It just took one big video to get you the ball rolling. So I literally just say just keep at it. As it sounds generic as hell, but like I feel like it's the only way. 
you can get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You just got. You just need although, one one big break and snowball snowball effect. Mm-hmm. True. Although to be honest, also I've seen some people focusing too much on quantity. Oh like, no! Yeah. Sometimes uploading multiple memes a day. Yeah. Which are barely funny. Yeah, definitely a balance. Even then, like, because I upload. Grande uploads more than me. He's got a better work, work ethic than I do. But even when I upload um, every... If I upload too often, I don't know. I, I try not to upload for the sake of uploading. I still try and upload because I have a good idea. Um, so that's why my 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 upload schedule is kind of patchy because sometimes I just have no ideas. You know, just a, a meme block, if you will. <laughs> meme yeah, block. So, memes block. How often yeah. do you end up, up uploading then? Uh, how frequently? Once a week? Twice a week? I vary, but I'd say average. I'd average three or four a week. Maybe three would be safer because I I could do like I might just have ideas for days, so I could do like an upload every day for four days in a row. But then I might have nothing for three or four days. Yeah, for me. It's like three or four times a week, I guess. I, I don't actually keep a schedule at all. Like, oh, no. Yeah, I got no schedule either. <laughs> I'll just upload whenever. But for example, there's been quite a lot of times that I've worked on a meme for quite some time, but I just, after working on it for a while, I just can't see it being funny. So I just scrap it, for example. Like, it's better than to just upload every every single thing you come up with if you if you don't think it's good it's pro- i would say it's probably better not to upload it you know it, it, you can't pull something out of the archives really easily can you because we were talking to to destin from smarter every day and and he was telling us about how he would find something interesting uh, might do some film on it and the example he used he put it on a hard drive and 3 years later found something to pair it with so he could pull that back out mash it up to the new thing, make it relevant and have a great video. You can't yeah. do that with memes, right? When it's dead, like it's like, you know, digging up a, a corpse. Very rarely. Yeah. yeah. You can't exhume it. If it's just a meme, you can't <laughs> like grab a meme from three years ago. <laughs> Maybe you can if you make it a bit ironic. A lot of memes, at least image memes, are always just like a reimagining of an existing meme. So I guess mm-hmm, you could bring up something really old. Like the bongo cat thing is the same as this meme called the trumpet boy from like three or four months ago, which was the same, the same concept, but it was like a boy of a trumpet that people would make move around. So it's like a lot of memes are literally just recycling mm-hmm. stuff. Oh yeah, though. Like I have combined very old memes with fresh new memes, for example. I think that can yeah. work. But there is a way, but memes on their own. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> and most of the time, it's partly ironic as well. Yeah. It's a bit complicated. I've noticed that that terrible animation, like low grade animation or kind of obscure animation, is ripe for the picking when it comes to making memes. Why do you think that is? What what is it about finding these like really weird three D animations or even two D animations? <laughs> And memeing those that's so appealing. Basically, the we- the weirdness of it, I would say. Like, the more weird something is, the more people will like share it. And... Which animation are you talking about? Like our videos themselves, or well, no, like for instance, I'm thinking of Johnny Johnny. I'm thinking of the Glob oh, Loco, right. Glab okay, Glab. It's like you guys are God. taking these just 
weird, obscure <laughs> animations and then, you know, remixing it with like a little pump song or whatever. And all of a sudden it has 13 million views. Yeah, I think weird, weird content and weird memes. It's just uh, everyone level love them. Uh, yeah, there seems to be like the general sense of humor. Like a lot of people have these days with memes is like, you know, really surreal based, you know, obscure. So I think that's what's letting all those kids animations like shine because, you know, they're so obscure that people actually like enjoy them to an extent, even if it's ironic. I don't know. Like, you know, the Eric Andre show, I mentioned that earlier. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's blowing up a lot lately. Cause it, it's been around for a while, but it didn't get any traction when it first came out. And like, I think it's more popular this year than it has been. And there hasn't even been a new season in a few years, just because everyone is, I guess that's just what the sense of humor people have these days is. I don't yeah. know. You know, I see on Facebook the uh, the meme where he he shoots Hannibal Burris, and it's why would you do that kind of thing. Um, oh, the image memes too. Yeah, yeah, like that. The weird thing there is how many people I see share that who I know have never watched this show. Yeah, and they they couldn't tell me who Eric Andre or Hannibal Burris are, but they they see the scenario depicted in it. Yeah, and they can fit in their political thing, or you know, it's like why would millennials do this and this and that. Uh, they're using this meme and they have no clue what this meme is about. That's, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. Image memes are a whole nother thing. Like SpongeBob, especially you'll, cause there'll be image memes that'll get popular. You know, like the Eric Andre template you talked about. There was, there was so many from SpongeBob that there's, there's one episode, like one episode out of all the episodes had like seven separate image memes come out of it. Like that's just how, I don't know. It's it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys make image memes ever, or you just stick to video? Grande does. I I make it. Um, I've slowed down a bit on them, to be honest. I used to make much more almost every day. How did the image memes, where the image itself looks like garbage, it looks like it's been through like a thousand compressions. Oh, deep fried. Deep fried. Deep, deep, deep fried. fried. How did that start? That's where what did that, that come from? That came from like, it came from, it came from like Instagram and hood humor, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. so when someone reposts a meme or steals it, it gets, it gets more deep fried, you know, JPEG, uh, <laughs> defragment, defragmented or whatever the word is, you know. So the whole, joke behind those was like you take it's like to making fun of the memes that get so jpegified you know really bad ones and then they just take it and move it up to like a thousand you know they they overdo the saturation they overdo the the caption the emojis you know it was just taking something and just going completely crazy with it really i think it's also to imitate the air rape based boosted effect oh, as well. yeah, it's like true. if something is so woke you know, like you deep, you deep fry it to to to, to emphasize basically it. yeah what i would say is that take a really lame image that would be on like a cringe you know if someone was posting a cringy image they'll take that but then once they deep fry it, it becomes funny again. It's, it kind of ties back to the whole irony yeah. thing. You know, you can bring something back ironically, and that's the only way it's going to be funny sort of thing. You know, it's amazing know. As, as you guys explain this stuff and, and Kevin asked some specific questions, the levels of complexity that go into a meme, like it's shocking, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you guys have talked about... Uh, playing on irony in some ways. You know, you're communicating something when you have a deep fried image. 
you're communicating that like this is something that's been through 14 iterations you know that's a subtle meaning that's only expressed uh, in a kind of a hidden way um you have uh, you know some memes are are funnier when you get the joke when you're familiar with what's being made fun of you know you have a little belonging to like you look at this and you're like this is funny because i know this thing not everybody knows this thing but i do uh, and then uh, the kind of all the the social fits, uh, the way people see a meme and have it resonate, whether it's like a gaming thing, uh, a community they like, community they don't like, something they remember that's it has longevity like a Mario or a Shrek, something that's <laughs> going to live for 72 hours. Like, yeah. This is an amazing combination of stuff. And we were talking about what the parallels were in the past. I don't see a parallel for any of this. I don't think anybody's done this stuff before. I guess there was no medium for it too, right? Like there was no way for people to spread information and stuff like that without the internet, you know, so nothing would really stick. Well, Mm -hmm. and what we were, what Matt and I were talking about um, before we called you guys was, was this difference between top down and kind of bottom up humor. So it seems like for most of, you know, the past hundred years or so, you kind of have this top-down humor where something is happening culturally, say a presidential election. So everybody knows that, you know, Hillary Clinton is uh, running against Donald Trump. So you get all of this humor that trickles down from that through political cartoons or SNL skits or whatever. So everybody is kind of in on the joke because it's this cultural phenomenon, This they're, they're tapped into the zeitgeist, and then the comedy trickles down from above. But a lot of what you guys are detailing kind of comes from the bottom up where you sort of have to be in on a lot of these jokes to begin with. And you have to be tapped into the Internet culture in a way that like, for instance, Granda, you posted a, a you posted a bongo cat meme playing <laughs> Minecraft blocks. Yeah. And, and and look, I never played Minecraft. Like I aged out of that. I'm too old for, yeah. for Minecraft. So I'm I even missed I out. was too old when I played it, to be honest. Yeah. So I watched your <laughs> meme and I'm like, goat. I don't get it, dude. Like I this isn't funny to me. Like it it seems it seems cool. Like I'm sure other people like it, but I'm like, it flew. I whooshed. It just whooshed right yeah. over my head. Funnily enough, notebooks are kind of they actually sound good in my opinion. Like they can make uh, some relaxing music. So part of it is that it's actually surprisingly good to listen to. That's part of the joke. Uh, if, and that song <laughs> that I played with the Noblox, it was a Minecraft part of the Minecraft soundtrack, which a lot of people find nostalgic because like many people used to play Minecraft like eight years ago. So it's very nostalgic to just hear that that soundtrack again but node blocks node blocks are a big inside joke with me because like i said i had a node block channel uh that's how that, that's how i started youtube pretty much with node blocks <laughs> so and recently they they became a bigger meme as well ever since that mcap parody with uh oh yeah the what was it called <laughs> the mining we are mining diamonds yeah because minecraft was kind of like a, it's always been a running like ironic joke yes but people would relate because of nostalgia as well it's kind of come full circle as well like grande can put up a note block cover 
like unironic notebook cover and people will actually enjoy it whilst like a year ago people would be like why are people making you know they'd be making fun of the notebook covers it's 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 very interesting to say the least yeah you can actually make a notebook cover which is actually good pleasant to listen to and also ironic at the same time like <laughs> it's a confusing feeling but people love it but that's that that's a, the distinction that that Kevin was just talking about where it's pulling humor like from the ground up out of the community you know this Minecraft oh, community right, yeah. which may or may not include you know people like us right you're finding something funny in that and they don't even know it's funny they don't know that note blocks are something that they're going to find funny and you identify that put it together a certain way and pull that out of their experience and then they think it's awesome that's such a, a completely different model than almost anything uh, that that really has come before and it's happening in real time uh, you drop the thing down uh, drop the video and you're talking well we'll see how this goes in a matter of days or maybe it lasts weeks or it's a thing that goes on for a year intermittently and then it changes out of being ironic and not ironic and like just goes from there <laughs> Yeah, the fluctuation yeah. is is incredible because again, like that's not something you know that happened in any way. In other, you know, you can't just take something that used to be annoying and then a year later, all of a sudden, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, what is that? That's so weird. Has irony only like recently become popular? Was there any like com comedy shows back then that would be based on irony at all or anything i can't think of anything like that off the top of my head i mean you know monty python was pretty sophisticated um what was that? that monty python like oh, flying yeah. circus you know there was a lot of pretty deep comedy going on there um that was riffing on like weird stuff like the dead parrots sketch with john cleese yeah that was pretty famous um, but it doesn't seem as though uh, that, like you said, like talking about real time, like that's just not in real time in a yeah. way where, you know, everyone is buzzing about a certain thing online and within four hours you can make like the perfect piece of comedy about it. That's impossible and share it with everyone. That was not possible before the internet. Yeah. It wasn't even possible really 10 years ago, not to the same degree. No. Because enough people weren't seeing seeing the stuff like uh, the mediums uh, or platforms like Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and the spread just wasn't quite there. Well, and I hated Twitter for a really long time because I didn't find it entertaining at all. It just seemed like celebrities hawking their their movies or shows and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I didn't get it. I remember having a conversation with my brother years ago being like, why would anyone join Twitter unless you're just promoting your thing? <laughs> and 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 within the last couple of years, Twitter has become literally my favorite platform because there are people like you guys just consistently putting out absolutely hilariously entertaining things on there. And you can get it in a feed in a way that's less, I feel, it's easier to consume than on YouTube. Mm. Twitter's definitely, I mean, Twitter has its like, there's a lot of shit things in Twitter, but it's still better, way better than facebook to me or instagram facebook especially did you know they <clears throat> did you know they make you pay to reach your audience on facebook yeah yeah so like so like i i don't know how many followers i have on twitter but when i tweet pretty much every person who follows me that's online will see that tweet 
on Facebook, they're like, okay, 3% of your audience is going to see this tweet, if you, oh, this post. Um, if you want it to reach your full audience, pay us $600 or something ridiculous. It's just like, why the, you know, why the hell would you pay Zuckerberg money to promote your own shit? <laughs> yeah. I don't, oh, but Grande is doing really well, he said on Instagram. So what's, what's the difference for you there, Grande? Uh, Instagram isn't like Facebook where you have to, like your posts do get, uh, I think, featured with most of your fans, unlike on Facebook. So it's almost more like uh, like Twitter, Instagram, I would say. But, uh, but Dolan, you don't really like Instagram? I post occasionally, but I only ever use my Instagram for like kind of personal related stuff. Like when I went to... um. PAX last year, you know, I'd post pictures of some of the models or stuff or like the plane. You know, there was no meme, not too much meme substance. It was like, it was another platform for people who like wanted to know kind of what goes on behind the scenes. Um, and then Grande started blowing up because he started posting his videos there. I don't know if he'd always been doing it, but um, like Instagram can do crazy numbers. So I was like, okay, I might start posting my occasional videos on there. And yeah, it's crazy the growth when you put so little time into Instagram and it just keeps growing. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I still prefer Twitter. Like, it's more yeah. of a personal thing. Like, you can tweet anything you want, you know, what Instagram it has to be. Yeah, you can't specifically, t- you, like, Twitter's good because I can tweet at Grande and our, yeah, so shared, so our mutual audience will see it. Yeah. But on Instagram, I can only comment on his posts and only like a small select people will see it you know there's no real interaction mm-hmm. on instagram really and then there's uh, retweeting and quoting on twitter i think in general if there's a community like the youtube community something like twitter really makes it better like everyone interacting with each other so speaking of interaction i know you guys talk a lot have have you actually hung out? Have you had a, like an in-person meeting? No, no we no. live at the he's opposite like, sides of the world. I don't actually know how far. He's like 15 hours away, I think, flight. Until today, actually, we hadn't spoken in person in, in mm-hmm. Nicole. Oh, so it's just been uh, DMs and stuff back and forth. Yeah, mm, yeah. like because there was no real need to call, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, we literally only, I called him literally 10 or 15 minutes before I came on the podcast, just so we weren't talking for the first time on mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but otherwise it's mainly Twitter DMs. Yeah. Like I've met a, a lot of people through um, online as you do, but I've only met like, I've met Max, Max, Max Mofo before, mm-hmm. but I've only ever, I've only met like, yeah, one or two people that were like big creators really in person. Do either of you guys do any of, uh, any of the events then it, probably not like vidcon in australia is kind of nearby uh yeah for, you know, me. for you going yeah and then you know, europe is close i went to the one last year but i wouldn't go i wouldn't go and advertise i was going because obviously my face isn't mm-hmm. part of my channel you know no one knows what i look like really except right. for online friends or whatever mm-hmm. um so i would never i would never go and advertise like hey come meet me by you know boof boof whatever i'm not actually a duck by the way <laughs> so and you can't tell really anybody else who you are when you're there right i'm not like ridiculously secretive like 
Okay. I met a few of like I met a few of Max's friends, and I didn't care about telling them because you know they're not gonna like go running and posting my face anywhere. You know, yeah. it's more just it's more just I I like the privacy of it, and the mystery kind of adds to the meme a little bit. I think. <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah. been like to VidCon or something like that yet. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I don't actually. I, I doubt I would actually enjoy things like that. But maybe someday. <laughs> maybe someday. I, w- I wonder if someday, you know, the the whole meme thing gets corrupted by corporations, and there's like a meme con. Meme every, con. Yeah, there's like a meme <laughs> con. Oh, there will be. Yeah. I mean, there, there will, will be. likely be. And no one will go to it except for the 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 washed up people. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you guys will be the washed up people yeah, by the maybe, time it yeah. comes, yeah. and you'll it's be like, headlining we'll and giving be like, like 60, keynote speeches. We'll be sixty years old, like with walking canes and stuff, <laughs> talking about Shrek, like a retirement home for <laughs> for former memers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We will have fallen off like ten years prior, and we're still clutching onto the note blocks and Shrek. <laughs> everyone's like, move on, guys. And, and you're like, no, my glory days it's like the hair metal guy yeah. still trying to squeeze into the leather pants at like <laughs> 55 years old oh my god um well listen this was awesome guys um i can't say enough about how excited i was that you both agreed to to be on this podcast because no i just didn't know i mean you're both anonymous i don't know how you are like in real life um how open you are about like sharing who you are um and yeah, again, this has been been really awesome for me because I've been a big fan of your weird comedy brands <laughs> for a while. And uh, it's just cool. fun to kind of meet the the voices behind the memes. Yeah, and this was just a like a very standard conversation between a computer scientist and medical professional, a doctor. Yeah, oh, yeah. this yeah. is exactly it's, what it's anybody kind of expects. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're talking to a doctor and a computer science, but they don't, they just make memes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Like everyone else you interviewed probably actually has like a good profession and we're just, we're just meme makers. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like, look, this is what I, I love about this podcast is that I, I feel like there are so many people who are doing such interesting things online right now who come from completely different backgrounds and you just never know you know, why someone started doing what they're doing. And it's always different and it's always fascinating. And, and you two are no exception. We should try um, when, <laughs> when this episode comes out, like what's going to be popular? <laughs> well, that's up to you. You guys are the experts. What will be the, the current popular meme when this episode drops in four weeks? There's really no way oh to say, except maybe something from Red Dead Redemption that's going to come out soon. And I expect some memes will come out of that. I'm trying to think of something that I could say and it will... I I should say something and then try to bring it to life by the time the podcast comes This should make it happen. This big planned meme, but I guess that's... You can't really plan a meme to become a meme, so... I don't know. (laughs) Maybe something involving, like, a poorly 3D animated vegetable or something. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Could be, could be. Cool, guys. Well, thanks again. Dolan, get some sleep if, if that's something you're interested in. I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate you staying up. Can I plug one one thing, by the way, because I almost forgot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please, go ahead. Please. Uh, everyone should just go play Witcher 3 Wild Hunt because it's the best game ever. <laughs> Have you played it, Kevin? 
I have. Yeah, yeah. I have. Good. Yeah, I played it through. I didn't play the DLC, but I played the, the main yeah, game all the way through. I like how yeah. you just plug with The Witcher 3. <laughs> don't bother, yeah, don't bother with your own stuff. <laughs> Uh, a, a game that came out how long ago? <laughs> long enough so that I know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> two years, I think, not too yeah, long. Everyone check out uh, Pac-Man, it's game. a new game. Gonna super nation. <laughs> um, Dolan, do you have anything irrelevant to plug? Um, <laughs> anything three years wait, old that you'd like to plug that you have nothing to, you just, to do with? Did you just call which are three irrelevant? <laughs> oh, did you say? Do I have anything irrelevant to plug? Or yeah, and anything that you were uninvolved with three years ago? Plug? I guess check out montage parodies. Get, check out Apple. <laughs> check out Apple gets wrecked. <laughs> it's my best video. <laughs> That's actually a good video. I can hear them both dragging the audio into the trash right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So um, check out The Witcher Three. Check out uh, the iPod 5S. And um, you know, thanks for listening. And thanks, Dolan and thanks for Grand Day for taking the time to spend yeah, with us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This is awesome, guys. Huge thanks to our guests, Dr. Grande and Dolan Dark. Be sure to follow them on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. They are just part of the internet, as far as I'm concerned. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. If you want to help us out, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app. Whatever that is, it's up to you. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at The Create Unknown and on Twitter at Create Unknown. We couldn't get the word the. Uh, Twitter has a uh, character limit, so thanks, Twitter. And our website is thecreateunknown.com. The Create Unknown is a Vsauce production in association with Triangle Content. We've been your hosts, Kevin Lieber and Matt Tabor. Check us out on YouTube at Vsauce2. Executive producer is Dave Kiney. Our theme song is from the incredible Mega Drive. You can check out Mega Drive's website in the show notes. Host and guest portraits by the amazing Tim Webster. His portfolio and website are also in the show notes. This episode was edited by Adam Ganong. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, you are about to exit the unknown. And as always, thanks for listening.